0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good night, whenever and wherever in the world of time and space my voice finds you. Welcome, my name is Aaron James, you're listening to episode 4 of Kids Myth Plus, where each week we share stories from the deep world of mythology. This week, we share a Russian folktale, or skazka, which is the Russian word for story. Today's skazka, Vasilisa the Wise, is taken from the book, Savitri and Other Women, by Marjorie Strachey. First published in the year 1920, Savitri and Other Women is a magical collection of stories and lore from many different cultures, including stories from India, France, Estonia, Japan, and Russia. Vasilisa is a recurring heroine in Slavic tales, and she plays a leading role in many classic Slavic stories. In today's story, Vasilisa will use her cunning and wit to rescue her husband from the dungeon of a neighboring Tsar. So have a seat by the fire, sit back and look at the stars, and enjoy the story. Vasilisa the Wise, courteous Prince Vladimir, Tsar of Kiev summoned to his palace all his princes, nobles, and warriors, and made a great feast for them. Amongst them was the young Stavros Godinovich. He mounted the steps of the palace, crossed himself, bowed low to all present, and especially to Prince Vladimir and his daughter Zabava, and took his place at the royal table. Evening came, and all the guests, merry with wine and food, began to boast of their powers, their skills, and of their great possessions. Stavros alone sat silent, neither eating nor drinking, hanging his head and making no boasts. Courteous Prince Vladimir noticed him, and going up to him said, Why do you sit so downcast, Stavros? You do not drink the green wine. You do not eat the white swan. You sit silent and make no boasts. Have you done no great deeds? Fought no desperate battles? Have you no fine palace, no hordes of merchandise, not even a good old mother or pretty wife to enable you to make a boast with the others? Then Stavros raised his head and replied to the Tsar. Yes, Prince Vladimir, I can boast if need be. This wretched town of Kiev is after all a mere hamlet. The court of my palace would easily contain the whole of Kiev. My palace itself covers seven acres. The walls of white oak are hung with beaver skins and the ceilings with black sables. The floors are silver, the fastenings and hinges of steel. But of these things I do not boast. I have 30 young shoemakers to provide me with my boots of green Moroccan embroidery. I wear them one day, and then they are sold in the marketplace to great princes and noblemen. I have 30 young tailors to provide me with purple cloaks lined with silk. I wear them one day, and they are sold in the marketplace to emperors and czars. But of these things I do not boast. I have a golden-coated mare. Half her folds are black as jet, and half are white as milk. The best of them I ride on myself, and the worst I sell to mighty warriors for great sums of money, so that my treasure is never exhausted. But of these things I do not boast. Of one thing, however, I will boast, and that is my wife, Vasilisa the Wise. She is the daughter of a peasant, she bears a crescent moon upon her forehead. And were she to come to town, she could deceive all the nobles and princes and drive you, courteous Prince Vladimir, out of your mind. At these words, all those assembled were shocked, and Vladimir, enraged beyond measure, cried out, How dare you speak to me this way, insolent wretch! you shall have iron fetters on your hands and your feet, and for six years you shall lie in my dungeon, 40 fathoms deep with oats and water for your food. Unless, indeed, this Vasilisa can deceive all my nobles and princes and drive me out of my wits and deliver you from your captivity. So Stavros was flung into a dungeon deep below the earth, and Vladimir sent messengers to bring Vasilisa to Kiev and to seal up the doors and gates of his palace. But even before the messengers could start, a servant of Stavros galloped off to the palace of Gordonovich and told his wife all that had happened at Kiev. Vasilisa made no outcry or lamentation. She sat down on her folding chair, fixed her eyes on the ground, and for three hours reflected and thought profoundly. Gold and silver will not ransom Stavros, she said to herself, nor can he be rescued by force of arms. The only thing to save him is woman's cunning. Thereupon, she summoned her maids and gave her orders. Quick, she cried, cut off my long locks, dress me in men's clothes, and saddle me a horse. When this was done, she summoned her bodyguards of 40 strong men and set off on the road to Kiev. They had not gone halfway when they met Vladimir's messenger, and both of them leapt from their horses, saluted each other, and took each other by the hand. "'Where are you going, prince?' asked the messenger. "'I am an ambassador from Tsar Kalin, answered Vasilisa. "'And I am journeying to Kief to demand a twelve years' tribute "'and the hand of his daughter Zabava in marriage. "'And you, prince, where are you going?' I'm going to seal up the door of Stavros Godinovich's palace and to bring back his wife to Kiev. That you need not do, said Vasilisa, for I myself have just come from the palace. It is shut up and no one is there. They told me that Stavros was at Kiev, and his wife on a long journey. On hearing this, the messenger turned back and riding swiftly to Kiev warned courteous prince Vladimir of the approach of a terrible ambassador from Tsar Kalin Vasilisa followed more slowly now outside the town of Kiev she ordered the young men of her bodyguard to set up a white pavilion and told them to wait for her all alone she rode into Kiev between the scarlet poles Prince Vladimir had erected to welcome the terrible ambassador. She leapt on her horse over the palace walls and ditches and entered the courtyard. There she dismounted, thrust her spear straight down between the paving stones, flung her silk bridle over its golden spike, and bowed low to all present, especially to Prince Vladimir and his daughter Zabava. Welcome, terrible ambassador, said the courteous Prince Vladimir. What is your name, and why have you come? My name is Vasily, answered Vasilisa, and I come to demand from you a twelve years tribute and the hand of your daughter in marriage. I will pay the tribute, but... Before I give you my daughter in marriage, I will ask her what she has to say. So Vladimir led Zabava to one side and asked her what she thought of Vasily for a husband. A husband? My father, exclaimed Zabava. This terrible ambassador would make a strange husband. Can you not see? It is no man, but a woman. Can you not see that he walks like a duck swims and speaks as a bird chirps? Can you not see that when he sits down, he presses his knees together? Can you not see the white, delicate hands and the mark of rings still remaining on them? At this, the courteous Prince Vladimir was perplexed. He didn't dare to refuse his daughter to the terrible ambassador and yet he did not want to make a fool of himself. At last he thought of a test by which to make sure of the truth. Vasily, he said, I invite you to come with me to the bath that you may refresh yourself after your long journey. Gladly, replied Vasilisa. I would wish for nothing better And while courteous Prince Vladimir was taking off his clothes and preparing himself, she hurried to the bath, wet her hair, and came out just as he was going in. Why were you in such a hurry? asked Vladimir. Why did you not wait for me? You are at home and at leisure, replied Vasilisa. But I am a traveler, and I have no time for delays. I am come to woo your daughter. Then courteous Prince Vladimir thought of another test. Vasily, he said, I invite you to a shooting match with my young men. I would accept gladly, replied Vasilisa. And she sent for her bow and arrows, left behind in the pavilion outside the walls. And such was the weight of the bow that three men held one end and three other and 10 dragged along the quiver containing the arrows. The courteous Prince Vladimir chose out 12 of his best archers, and the mark was an ancient oak far away beyond the walls of the city. At a signal, the 12 archers shot. Their 12 arrows hit the trunk of the tree, and it quivered as though in a storm. Then Vasilisa took an arrow, aimed at the oak, and loosed the bow. The cord whistled like a whirling wind. The arrow flew and struck the oak with such force that it was shaken from top to bottom as if by a thunderbolt. But Zabava still implored her father not to marry her to the terrible ambassador. Believe me, believe me, she cried. You will regret it if you do. So courteous Prince Vladimir thought of another test. Vasily, he said, I propose a wrestling match. Gladly, replied Vasilisa. And stepping into the court where the wrestlers were, she seized two in one hand and three in the other, and cracked their skulls together like eggshells. But Zabava still maintained that the terrible ambassador was a woman. And at this, courteous Prince Vladimir spat with rage. How foolish, he shouted. How can this barbarian, stronger than five wrestlers, be a woman? and he ordered the wedding feast to be prepared. On the third day of the wedding feast, when the time approached for going to the church to be married, the terrible ambassador grew sad, silent, and dropped his head. Why are you not married? Asked the courteous Prince Vladimir. I do not know, answered Vasilisa. Perhaps at this very moment, my aged father or my dear mother is dying. Have you no minstrels or harpers who might divert my thoughts? But though all the greatest minstrels and musicians of Kiev were summoned, the terrible ambassador was still sad. Is not Stavros Godinovich among your guests, courteous Prince Vladimir? They tell me he is the best player of the harp. Why have I not heard him? At that, Vladimir was perplexed, for he had sworn to keep Stavros in prison for six years, and yet he dared not anger the terrible ambassador. At last he sent his servants to bring Stavros from the dungeon to the banquet hall. And when Stavros came, he took his harp and strung it. One string was from Kief, one from Byzance and one from far Jerusalem. He plucked his harp and sang, and his songs were strange and outlandish from over the blue sea. Then Vasilisa said, This harp player pleases me. Give him to me, courteous Prince Vladimir, and I will take him to my tent. Again Vladimir hesitated, but he did not venture to refuse anything to the terrible ambassador. So he bowed his head and gave consent, and when Vasilisa had brought Stavros to the white pavilion outside the wall, she turned and took him by the hand and said, Stavros Gudenovich, dost thou not know me? And he looked long in her eyes and cried, My beloved wife, thou art Vasilisa the wise. Then when they had embraced and rejoiced over his escape, Stavros said, let us mount our horses and fly quickly from this town of Kiev and the power of Vladimir. No, said Vasilisa. We will not steal away as if ashamed. Let us rather return to courteous Prince Vladimir. So Vasilisa put on her woman's clothes, and the husband and wife rode back to the tsar's palace. When they reached it, Vasilisa crossed herself, bowed low to all present, especially to Prince Vladimir and his daughter Zabava, and said, Behold again, O Tsar, the terrible ambassador you betrothed to your daughter Zabava. Shall we continue the wedding feast? Prince, said Stavros, have I made good on my boast that... If my wife, Vasilisa the Wise, came to Kiev, she could deceive all the nobles and princes and drive you, courteous Prince Vladimir, out of your senses. For a time, Vladimir stood amazed and speechless. At last, he found his voice and answered, You have indeed made good of your boast, Stavros Godinovich and your wife is truly called Vasilisa the Wise. Your freedom is restored. Go safely home from Kiev, and henceforth trade in any part of my kingdom freely and without tax. Vasilisa the Wise. Well, she rescued her harp-playing musician husband, Stavros. What did you think of the story? Stavros didn't seem to be having a good time at the party at the beginning of the story. Lots of boasting and bragging going on. He sat quietly. But finally, he did join in and did quite a bit of bragging of his own. It seemed to have gotten him into a bit of trouble, didn't it? Deep into a dungeon kind of trouble. Vasilisa used her cunning and wit to conquer the challenge before her. She thought deeply about how to go about rescuing her husband and realized finally that money or might would not be the way for this challenge. Vasilisa reminds us of the strength of a woman to use her wisdom in order to overcome obstacles, even though, yes, she does possess the strength and power to battle the Tsar's wrestlers and does a good job of it also the skill to hit the target with her bow. But it is her strategy to outsmart the Tsar that moved him to hand over Stavros freely to her. Interestingly, the other woman character in this story, she wasn't fooled for a moment, was she? She saw through Vasilisa's disguise immediately. Lots to think about here. We hope you've enjoyed today's story. We'll have more stories of Vasilisa in the future. But for now, we say goodbye. This has been episode four of Kids Myth Plus, presented to you by me, Aaron James, and a presentation of Brooklyn Sage Productions. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Share us with your friends, and follow us on Instagram and Facebook, at KidsMythPlus. That's at KidsMythPlus, P-L-U-S. Thanks for listening, and remember, keep asking questions and looking for the magic. It's all around us.